Um, do, you ever want, do you ever think this thought? I know I do. Do you ever think this thought, how can I ever do this? And in and, and, and relation to a lot of things in life, but you know, ministry or serving the Lord, and just even in the things that we do in life that God has opened doors for us to do. It doesn't have to be just ministry, but do you, do you ever get that thought, like, how can I ever do this? And then, and then the other side of that is, how can I ever do this? It's like, me, do that? No, I don't think so. Someone else is called to do that. Someone else is supposed to be the guy or the girl that's supposed to go do that. Do you ever, do you ever, you ever have that thought? So I'm leaving now, and uh, I don't know who's going to step up here to do this this morning, but one of you is going to have to step up. See, that, that's kind of how it happens sometimes. People, you know, things happen, and, and God needs to raise somebody up to do something. I'm not saying I'm going anywhere. I'm just saying that's sometimes how that happens, right? But... The truth is that we can't, we can't do it. And I, you know, I think the sooner that we realize that we can't do it, it's not in us to do it. It's not in us to make things happen. The opposite of that is pride, thinking, oh, I can do that. I can do that. Now, that doesn't mean, on the other hand, also, that we just sit by, idly sit by and watch. You know, we are a great nation of spectators. You, know, you notice that? We are awesome. We are so good at spectating. You remember that joke about the taters, the tater family? And one of them's called Speck, and the other one's called something and something and something. A whole bunch of taters in that family. Val's the agitator. (laughs) There's a few others, but I don't remember them. But one of them is a spectator, and we're, we're really good at spectating where we sit and watch other people do it. In fact, we pay money for other people to do it. But you know what? That's just being on the sidelines. That's just watching like television. That's, like, that's not really not getting into it. That's not really being a part of what's going on in this world, in this life. And, and you know that if you're at a job and you just sit by and watch everybody else do it, guess what happens? You don't have that job very long. Typically, unless you're, I've, I've been in companies where I've seen people not doing anything and they just keep them around for some reason. I'm going, why do they keep that person around? Never says anything. I don't know. It's, it's weird. But we, we are, we're not in the game when we do that. We're just watching. And, and so what, what the passage that I want to look at today, verses 11 through 12 in 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, there's some interesting issues that I want to talk about that I feel that are important to every one of us. And what should we do if we feel like, I can't do this? I, you know, I don't have what it takes. And what I want to say to you, to you today is what we should do is we should pray. We should pray up and then we should show up. Realizing that it's not our strength to do it anyways. It's God's strength, God's power to do it. It's very important for, for us to understand that because when we try to do it in our own strength, in our own flesh, guess what? It just doesn't work. In Galatians, uh, Paul talked to the, to the people there. He said, you know, you've begun in the Spirit and now you're going to con- continue or you're going to finish in the flesh? You're going to finish by works now? Or you're going to continue by faith to trust me that you started in the right track by His power? Philippians 4.13, anybody know what that says? 
I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Philippians 4.13, you should all know that. We should all live that. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It doesn't mean I can all sit on the sidelines. I can do all things. I can get involved. I can be, a, be in the game rather than just spectating. That's what our passage is talking about today. Let's look at the verses 11 and 12 there. It says, with this in mind, everything that he's already said previously, with this in mind about all the things that we've seen there, God was, is just, that he's going to make things right, that there is a place called heaven and there's a place called hell. He says, with all this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may count you worthy of His calling, and that by His power He may fulfill every good purpose of yours and every act prompted by your faith. We pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you, and you in Him, according to the grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. Let's pray. Father, thank you for your word. We pray you'd open our hearts, our minds, that we could hear from you and we could understand. And also that you could challenge us with our parts, the place each one of us has to play in the game, on the field. In Jesus' name. He says there, with, with all this in mind, that what we need to do is we need to pray. We need to look to God. We need to ask Him for help. We need to get His picture for the whole program. I want to quote to you from the New Living Translation because I just love the way uh, this verse uh, 11 is, is translated. He says this, So we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of His call. May He give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. His prayer was that they would be enabled, that they would be empowered to do everything that, that God had called them to do, the calling that they had in their lives. But also, that it, it's interesting when you look at this, it says that these things are, are, are coming through them and through their faith. You see that God is working in us both to will and to do of His good pleasure. He's working in us to kind of, kind of have these these. Uh, desires to follow through and to do what God would ask us to do. You see, because God has a calling for each and every one of us. And thankfully, my calling isn't the same as yours, and yours isn't the same as mine, but each one of us has a calling from Him. We're called, number one, to be His children, if we've believed and trusted in Him. But we're called also to follow and serve Him in, in each and different ways. I, a passage I turn to very frequently is in the end of John, where you know, Peter says, well, what about Him? right? Talking about John the Apostle, Peter says, well, you know, what about him? And Jesus said, don't worry about him. You worry about you. You follow me. Don't worry about what the other guy is supposed to do, what the other guy is called to do. So, I, you know, I, I think about this a lot. Well, what has God called each one of us to do? Where are we supposed to be involved? How are we supposed to get in the game? Because you know what, spectating is good, but you know what, it's nothing like being on the field. It's nothing like being involved, nothing like being a part of, of, the, of the body of Christ, right? The body, literally that analogy of Christ is the head and we are the body, the arms, the legs, the feet. There's nothing like being a part of the body and, and being what we can do. But, but, but if we try to do that in and of ourselves... 
It's just not happening, is it? He says there in that verse, by His power, that He may fulfill every good purpose of yours and every act prompted by your faith. May He give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. We keep praying, he says. We're praying over and over, and we're asking God to enable you to do, to live a life worthy of his call. See, he has a call for us, but we're not always living what his call is. We're not always kind of caught up. We're not always in tune with what and how he wants us to live and how he wants us to serve. I've said this before, though, but when we're involved, it's, it's exciting. Is it easy? No, it's not, it's not easy. It's always easier just to sit on the side and watch someone else do it, right? But it's not very fulfilling. You know, at the end of that, that big game you watch on the TV set, you know, what do you feel? Oh, man, that was really good. Usually you feel really depressed because your team just got wiped out. Touchdown. Every good purpose. Notice that he says that there, every good purpose. May he, by his power, fulfill every good purpose of, of ours. There's something we got to think about. You know, we can say, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But he's talking here about a, a calling and a, and a purpose in our lives that, that God is going to help us to do the good things. But he's not necessarily going to help us to do the bad things, is he? The good purpose is he's going to help us with the bad things that are prompted not by our faith, but prompted so often by our flesh. He's not going to help us do that. So we have to, we have to discern. And sometimes, you know, there, there might be, uh, of course, there's the things that we know are like bad. We know that it's bad to do so many things. But there's certain things we think, well, this could be a good thing. This might be right what it is. But until we say, God, is this something you want to do in my life and you're doing in me and through me? This is the door you're opening? We need to ask. See, there's something about having a dialogue, something about having a conversation between us and the Lord to stay on that path and to do what he's called us to do. Have you had that conversation? Some of us don't want to have the conversation. Why don't we want to have the conversation? Anybody? What do you think? You know the answer? Oh, you don't want the answer. Right. Why don't we want the answer? Because we're lazy. Because we just want to do what I want to do. It's not very fulfilling, though, at the end of the day. Yeah, that's I did what I did everything I wanted to do, and I got so I'm you know I'm so fulfilled. Blah blah blah, you know, really. But when we're walking with the Lord in the light of His Word, how does that old song go? What a joy we will find on the way. Help me out here. By his power, I can do all things. You say, well, that's kind of, you know, I don't quite understand that. You know, I, again, we're having this dialogue. We're having this conversation. Well, God, what is it you want me to do and be? And how do you want me to serve and follow? Uh, you know, but I can't do it. So how does the power kind of work in my life? How does that come together? By his power, I can do all things. By faith. 
by trusting in Him. It's not sitting around waiting, but it's being involved. I, I think one of the things that, that strikes me about this is that it's not you just sit around and you say, God, I'm just going to wait for your power. And we're sitting on the couch, right? And we're saying, I'm just going to wait for your power to like literally lift me up off the couch, literally move me to the door, literally get me in the car, start the engine for me. You're just going to do it all. It's your power, and it, I, you know, I'm just going to wait for you to do it all. And guess what happens? You're still sitting back on the couch. Nothing has happened. So there's, there's a sense for you and I that we know that it's God's power, but we also have to like get up. We have to show up. We have to be in some kind of motion. What's that commercial? A body in motion tends to stay in motion. A body at rest tends to stay. See, I watch TV. See? I probably, you know, waste you know, how much time watching that. But, you know, a body in motion. If you, if you kind of get up and get something started, it may not be where you're supposed to be ultimately, but I have found it that if you don't get up and get moving, you're never going to find anything where you're supposed to be because you're still there waiting. Well, when God, you know, knocks on the door and sends that telegram to me to tell me what I'm supposed to do, you're never going to do nothing. I'd still be sitting back in California waiting for that call, you know. I said, it was more like, God, you know, are you, you know, I'm thinking about this. Is this really, is this something from you? If it is, like, you know, yeah, confirm it. But I'm going to start, like, taking steps to see if that's the right direction. I'm going to get one foot in front of the other and, and start to move and see, if, see where it goes, see what comes of it. Are we going to make mistakes? Yeah, we do all the time. I do all the time. But if I never show up, if I never pray up and if I never show up, nothing's ever going to get done. Nothing's ever going to happen in my life. You know, sit at home. I remember, I remember vividly uh, I was sitting at home and I had, I had uh, quit this job that I had. And uh, I had no job at all and I'd just gotten married. You know, I was really good, really smart. I was so smart back then, you know. You just get married and then you quit your job. Like, hello, you're really smart. You're an idiot is what you are. So I'm sitting there without a job, and, and uh, you know, my friend told me, he said, uh, you need to go down there and, hire, and, and, uh, and apply at this place down there. And uh, he knew somebody down there at this place, and I said, okay. I told him okay. And so I'm just sitting at home. I didn't go down there. I didn't do nothing. And he said, why didn't you go down there? I'm praying about it. <laughs> yeah, that's a good excuse. We should pray, right? But I'm praying about it means I'm not doing nothing. I'll pray about that. You want to know the rest of the story? I'm not telling you. Just kidding. <laughs> so, so finally, I felt like he like kicked me in the rear. He said, get down there. What is wrong with you? Sometimes we got to hear a voice like that, right? So I went down there, and I applied for a job, and guess what? I got, a, I got a job down there. It wasn't the job I wanted. It was like in the shipping department, and I and you know, it was like doing this, this monotonous, pack this box, move it over here. Pack this box, move it over here. And if you had that kind of a job, pack this box, move it over here, like eight hours a day. And you're like, you're, you're like going insane. 
well, you know, God opened that door, and I had to get up, physically go down there and try, and then, and then six months later, I had, to, I had to stick at it for six months, and I almost went insane. <laughs> but um, six months later, they transferred me into the research and development lab to a job that I just loved. And they trained me to be a technician. I had no training for that job. They trained me to be a technician in there. And I, had, and I loved it. It was doing stuff I wanted to do that I, I felt like I could do. But if I had never taken the first step, the, never, the second step never could have happened. And, and that job, it just they, it blessed me. They, they allowed me, in the end, to go to Bible school. And they, and they kept me on the insurance and kept me part-time. And then, and then I was able to, you know, going back and forth on the mission field, they kept taking me back. If I had never got going, you see, on the first step, I never would have had all that. That job blessed me. When I got out here, I found another job. Because of that experience, I found another job out here that was, was uh, related, similar. See, if you don't get up and get doing something, nothing is ever going to happen. I was thinking about making you all stand up right now, but that would be dumb. <laughs> I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. When we say I can't do it, I think we need to say, yes, that's true. I can't do it but then we need to get up and do it. Then we need to get up and do something. Get up and get started some way, somehow, because we'll see where God goes with it. Some verses I want to quote to you that tie in with this uh, theme that I'm trying to express to you today. I hope I'm making any sense at all. Um, <clears throat> John 15, 5. John 15, 5. This is the chapter about the, uh, I'm the vine, you are the branches, right? And Jesus said these words, he says, If a man remains in me or abides in me, he will bear, and I in him, he will bear much fruit. He says, apart from me, you know the rest. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You've got to abide in the vine. You've got to be a part of the vine. Uh, you know, a branch off by itself isn't going to bear any fruit. It just can't. So we've got to, we've got to abide in the vine. And, and, and you know, that's a, a, a talking about our relationship with Jesus, that we're building a relationship with him, that we're loving him, that we're, that we're speaking to him, we're having that dialogue, that conversation where we're growing. We, we open up his word and, and, he, and he feeds us and, and it's a, it's a relationship of abiding in Him. But He says, apart from that, apart from Him, you can do how much? Nothing. Nothing. But abiding in Him, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Another verse uh, that you also know as well, Psalm 127, verse 1. Anybody know what that is? Psalm 127, verse 1. This is a test. Emergency broadcast system. Unless the Lord builds the house, the laborers labor in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city, the watchmen watch in vain. Unless the Lord is doing something, it's all in vain. Unless we're tied in with Him and we're on track with Him and we're, we're focused in where He wants us to be, it's all going to be in vain. But notice he says, unless the Lord builds a city, the laborers 
labor in vain. In other words, there's some labor involved. If the Lord is building the city, we need to be laboring. We need to be watching. We need to be involved doing something. Unless the Lord builds a city, builds the house, builds the church, builds the home, unless the Lord does it, we labor in vain. But when the Lord is doing it, the labor that we put in, that effort that we put in, it, it brings forth fruit. It gets somewhere. It, it does something. By His power, I can do all things. By His power, we need to pray up, and then we need to show up. I was thinking about these words this morning, and, and uh, you know, by His power, we need to pray up, and then we need to show up. And I was thinking, um, just came into my head, we need to pray up and then shut up. But I'm not sure if that's right. I think, I think we need to have the conversation. You're all thinking, well, I wish he would shut up because I'm, I'm kind of not liking this. Another verse in the NIV, I like the way this says, Isaiah chapter 26, verse 12, it says, Lord, you establish peace for us, and all that we have accomplished, you have done for us or in us. All that we have accomplished, you have done for us or in us. It's all the Lord in the end. You know, it really is all the Lord, what He has done, what He can do. I want you to turn with me to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Again, Paul is writing in 1 Corinthians 15, and 1 Corinthians 15 is what chapter? Anybody? The what? No. Close. 1 Corinthians 15. Resurrection chapter. Resurrection chapter. The whole chapter about the resurrection. But without the cross, there's no resurrection, John. So you get an extra piece of cake today. <laughs> or a drumstick, whichever you prefer. But in the middle of this, you see Paul, Paul the, one, the same one who's writing this, this letter over here to 2 Thessalonians, where he's saying, I'm going to pray for you that God would give you the power, that God would, would, would work in you, that God would enable you, that God would help you to fulfill all the purposes that he has for you, the good purposes that he has for you, and those things that your faith is stirring up in you. I'm going to pray those things for you. But Paul knew this by firsthand knowledge, you see. Paul had been down this road, and, and Paul, you know, for him to say, you know what, I can't do this. He knew it way better than you and I, and the reason, the reason is because Paul was a persecutor. Paul hated the church. Paul hated Christians. He, and you can read about it in the book of Acts. He says, you know, he went and got letters so that he could go and take people who belonged to the way, or Christians, and have them put in prison. He hated them. So like, okay. Then God says, I want you to be one of my servants. I want you, in fact, I want you to be an apostle. Look what it says here in chapter 15, 1 Corinthians, verses 9 and 10. He says, for I am the least of the apostles and do not even deserve to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace to me was not without effect. No, I worked harder than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. Isn't that interesting? 
He says, you know, I, I, there's no way I can be an apostle. I, it's just not even, it doesn't compute, it doesn't make sense at all. But, but so often what God calls us to do, we don't understand. It's not our own understanding. But, but he says he called him to be an apostle, and he says, I don't deserve that. He says, but by God's grace, by the grace of God, I am what I am. I, by, by God's grace, he's called me, his undeserved favor. It's something he's decided. He's, he's chosen for Paul. And then he says that his grace wasn't without effect. There was a, this, this power, really, that worked through him. But did he, did he just sit around? No, he says, I worked harder. I worked harder than all of them because, I, you know, I realized that I, there's no way I, I could be. I worked harder than all of them, he says. But, but then he still gave the Lord the glory, he says, yet not I. Yet not I, but the grace of God that was with me. There's kind of an unusual and maybe even mysterious connection of working together, of God's power working together with our effort. You can't, I don't think you can separate the two. That, that our effort and the, and the power of God kind of working together. When we do separate them, if it's just God's power and we're not involved, then that's, that's, that's dull. If we're just doing it in our own strength and our own flesh, well, you know, unless the Lord builds the house, we labor in vain. It's just waste, wasted time, wasted effort. But by His grace and by His power, we're working together with Him. That's what Paul's saying. And that's why I think Paul could write these words in 2 Thessalonians, because he knew. He knew, he knew what God can do. Let's turn back to 2 Thessalonians. He knew what God can do, and he, he says that in verse 12, chapter 1. He says, we pray this so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you, and you and Him, according to what? The grace of our God and the Lord Jesus Christ. According to the grace, by His power, by His grace, by His mercy, by His love. But I've still worked harder. I still got involved. I still put some effort into it. So what do we do with all this is the question I, I want to finish with. What do we do now what? Okay, it's God's power. I need to put some effort in. So how do I make that happen? What do I, what do I need to do? I think as we see here in these two verses, the first thing we do is we need to pray. We need to pray. And I mentioned that dialogue, that conversation. Lord, Lord, my life. At the end of my life, is it going to be just that, you know, I, I did everything I wanted to do and I got everything I wanted. What's that uh, old, old uh, poem, short poem, you know, just one life will soon be passed, only what's done for Christ will last. All this other stuff is just going to lay around, be burned up, and leave, we're going to leave it here. But when we go and we stand before him, what, what are we going to have? Are we going to have anything? We pray, we start with prayer, we... And, and part of this prayer really is this surrender and submission. That God, I, I just surrender to you. I submit myself to you. And I acknowledge that it's, unless you do it, it's not going to happen. We've got to start there. That's, that's the first place to start. And that's why Paul's praying. But then he says that, uh, as we've seen in some of these other places, that we also, we add to that prayer, is that we do everything we can do. We work as hard as we can. 
Ecclesiastes says this, whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. He says, and he goes on to say, because where you're at the end, you're not going to be able to do it after you die. Do it now. Whatever your hand finds to do, do it with all your might. As he says there that, that this, so that the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you. The end, the end of it all is that we might give glory to him. See, if we think we've done it, but if we know that he did it and he worked in us and through us, he gets all the glory. We can't take any glory. Pastor Chuck used to say that. He says, you know what? Don't ever touch the glory. Don't ever touch the glory, he says, because if you do, God will put you on the shelf. He's going to put you on the shelf. You start taking the glory for yourself. That he, the name of our Lord Jesus may be glorified in you and you in him. I want to finish with a quote from Charles Spurgeon, the great preacher in England. He says, if I am a worker, I must look to God for the result." But then I must also use all the means. He says, in fact, the Christian should work as if it all depended upon him and pray as if it all depended upon God. He should, always, he should be always nothing in his own estimation, yet he should be one of those gloriously active nothings of which God makes great use, for he treats the things that are not as though they were, and gets glory out of them. I like that. He should be one of those gloriously active nothings. I'm just a nothing, but I'm going to be active. And in the end, God's going to get the glory because he took a nothing and he did something. He calls those things that are not as though they were, and he makes something out of nothing. That's the creator God that we know and love and serve. One last quote for you in Psalm 22. But you, O Lord, be not far off. O my strength, come quickly to help me. That's the prayer we can say. You're my strength. Come help me. Help me to do it. Help me to be what you call me to be. Be my strength. By your power, I can do all things. Let's pray together, shall we? Our Father in heaven, we thank you for your word and and the challenge that it has for each one of us that we need to pray up. And then we need to show up, and then we, we know that it's by your power that anything could ever get done. But we want to be involved. We want to be active. We're tired of sitting on the side watching everybody else have all the fun, watching everybody else get in the game and, and feel fulfilled, fulfilling those purposes and, and those actions that you've that you're putting into our hearts. Pray for each one of us that, that we would just uh, have that conversation with you on a daily basis, that we would just say, Lord, here I am. Send me. Here I am. I, 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 I don't have anything to offer, but, but you can take my life and do something. You, you took a guy like Paul who was a hater and you made him a lover. You change lives. You take people and, and you take them uh, and the gifts and, the, and the, the personalities and everything about a person and you can use that for your glory and to bring you glory in the end is all that we 
would really desire, Father, not glory to ourselves, but glory to you. Maybe as we're thinking about this and we take a moment just to be quiet before our God and, and maybe you have that conversation even right now and say, God, I'm here. You know me. You know who I am. Maybe you're calling me just to be a, the very best worker I can at that job and a light for you. Maybe you're calling me to step up and, and serve you in some way, shape, or form that I've never done before. Father, I pray you'd speak to our hearts. Open our eyes, open our ears. Father, I also want to pray before we close for any that might be here in this room that have never come, never started the journey, never started on the path of following Jesus Christ. And, and uh, if that's you here today, you, you need to know that Jesus Christ loves you, that he gave his life for your sins, that, that uh, he died on the cross to pay the price for your sins, and that all you need to do is receive and trust and believe in him. And you can do that today and your life will be completely changed and turned around by simply surrendering and saying, Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner and, and I'm lost. And I pray that you would come into my life and come into my heart. That you would, that you would give to me that eternal life that comes through that cross. I trust in you. I believe that you died for me and I believe that you rose from the dead for me and all I need to do is trust you. And so I do that today. Here. Now. In Jesus' name. So I'll stand and sing together, shall we?